This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work with students to help them excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today is a part two of an interview with our two kindergarten teachers, Kayla Reidner and Sarah Cunningham. And we are talking about the idea of absence of threat. It's an important part of the highly effective teaching model that helps the brain be able to learn and think in the frontal lobe because it's not feeling anxious or threatened about what's going to happen for the day. Kindergarten is a very important time for this to start because it's in a time when we're learning to love learning, when we're learning to enjoy the process of school that will carry students, we hope, through their graduation at Clayton Bradley Academy. At this time, we rejoin the podcast with Kayla Reidner and Sarah Cunningham. What are uh, some other ways that you're setting your classroom up or your day up that maybe there, you know there's something challenging coming and you want to make sure that they're in the right frame of mind to, to meet that challenge? What are some things that you're doing to help that? Because I know if I sat down and all of a sudden there's a bunch of stuff on the table and I don't know what to do with it or I don't know what it's there for, that is one of those things that could kind of put you in that fight or flight mode of like, nope, I'm out. I don't know. So what are things that you guys are doing on the front end to help those kids when they hit those challenges? Because it's not that we don't want them to struggle, but we want them to get through it. That kind of that yet philosophy Mm -hmm. of you don't have this yet, but you can get there. So what are some other things that you're doing with students as you're setting that up? Because there's, there's so many challenges that happen in kindergarten because you're really learning everything, right? So what, what are some things that you guys do to, to help kids get through that? Yeah, so you mentioned the agenda, and that's something that we touch back on all throughout the day so that they're constantly knowing, okay, this is what's coming up. This is where we're going. So there's never a question of, okay, what's next? When is this going to happen? Um, another thing that we do is set very clear procedures. They are posted all around our room. They're in kid-friendly language, and they also have pictures. So something as simple as sitting on the carpet or lining up or even more academically focused, this is how we use our pencil. This is how we use our journal. So they know is exactly what is expected of them, how to do it. And a lot of times we do it in one step process, you know, in a one step process. So we'll say, okay, we're going to go and we're going to grab our pencil and our journal. You know, so we just really take it slow so they're not like seeing their table full of stuff and they're like, what do I do with this? We go really slow. We make sure that they you know, have everything that they need and we refer to those procedures as we go on. Okay, our pencil is gonna make us responsible for writing. So we use our pencil on our paper. You know, we just reiterate even the most simple things just to help set them up for success and so they know what's expected. So I think that those procedures, whether it's, like I said, behavioral or academic, they're very clear from the get-go and they are said multiple times a day. So it's always reinforced and it's, you know, we always reiterate them and they can always see them as well just to give themselves reminders. So I think, again, that helps eliminate that absence of threat. If they may have forgotten something, they can easily find where it is and give themselves a quick reminder or they know that, you know, we're probably going to be saying it again. <laughs> so they're never just sitting there wondering, yeah. what do I do or what's next? Yeah. You know, procedures are one of those key parts of our, our model. And we talk about that with teachers all the time of what procedures were kids supposed to be following mm-hmm. because a good procedure helps to reduce the amount of, of bad behavior. Right. Um, there's still going to be times that bad behaviors happen. I mean, we've got kids, right? So the procedure though can help eliminate maybe those that are going I didn't know that I was supposed to write 
in my journal right now, I was writing on this piece of paper over here. I was writing on the desk or, or mm-hmm. whatever. The procedure, reminding everybody about that ahead of time and then reminding it as the, the lesson goes on. Another element of that would probably be target talk with our lifelong guidelines and our life skills. Um, there are a lot of those, right? So there's five lifelong guidelines. There's um, 19 life skills. So when you're starting that year and you're thinking about how can we help our students understand this so that they can interact with each other in a good way. This is laying the foundation that we're going to continue to build all the way through 12th grade. What are some things that you do to help with life skills, lifelong guidelines? Um, I personally, at the end of the day, we will talk about it kind of, it's like kind of our community meeting, but in a closure form instead of uh, an an introduction. Um, So this week we've been discussing integrity and I had my kids act it out like, okay, this happened. And for example, a friend lost their toy at Bodies in Motion and you really, really, really want that toy. What should you do? Should you take the toy and put it in your backpack? Would that be showing your life skill of integrity? Or And they, they love to act those out, so that's been really fun. And that's been something that I love about CBA, but I am getting used to the target talking here. But it's been great. And hearing them use, hearing five-year-olds use those words, it's amazing. It's yeah. very impressive. Mm-hmm. I know the trainer that you know comes and, and works with us always talks about it. You, you know you've said it too much if you go home and then you start using those life skills, lifelong guidelines on your spouse. Yes. Sometimes yes. they don't always handle it the same way that they do. <laughs> right? um, I am you know, guilty of that. <laughs> I, I promise. I've learned from experience looking at my wife and saying, are you using your personal best on this? It doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, that does not... It's not a question that you need to ask. Right? Mine's more active listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and so that's, those are all things that, that help create that love of learning that we want kids to have, right? We don't want a student going home and saying, like, I'm no good at school or uh, stuff that, that can become significant patterns in their learning of, you know, I'm no good at math or I'm no good at science, which you hear all the time. I, 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 when I was in the high school classroom, like, kids would come into my science class and introducing themselves to me saying, I don't like science or I'm no good at science. Well, you know, and I would kind of joke back with them of like, where are you breathing? Your heart's pumping. Like you can't not like science. It's the thing that's keeping you alive right now. Um, But it's because of some kind of experience probably that they've had before they got to my classroom Mm -hmm. um, that caused them to say, I don't like science. Maybe it was a bad interaction with a teacher. Maybe it was a a difficult matter that, uh, you know, content matter that they just never got. Um, When you're dealing with kindergartners, you're trying to set that, that framework that we're going to build all this learning on top of as they go from you to first grade to, you know, and on up the the list into middle school and high school. So what are things that you're constantly thinking about with that or struggles maybe that you're helping kids through when it comes to, we want to embrace learning and not have it be that thing of, I'm just not good at school. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to the power of yet. You know, is everything in kindergarten is pretty much new to them, whether or not they have been in a preschool. Um, you know, the expectations are a little bit different. You know, the procedures may change from class to class. So I think just making them know this is going to be okay and we're all going to do it together you know and like you said we do build that foundation and so it's like hey we're all meeting together and we're all going through this experience for the first time together and so just making it fun to where they're not like 
oh my goodness, I, like, I don't know how to read. But we're like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to do this in a process. First, we're going to learn our letters, and then we're going to learn our sounds and how, you know, letters and sounds make words. And, you know, we just kind of break it down for them to say, this is the process and what we're going to learn this in. And it's kind of one stair step at a time. Yeah. Eventually, we will get to XYZ, you know, maybe reading. But right now, we're going to focus on this, and we do it in a fun way. We do tons of centers, and we do tons of academic games and you know to where they probably don't even realize that they're learning but you know in hindsight we're like look at this you just spelled that word or you just read that word and they're like you kind of have that light bulb moment yeah you know and I think that's kind of what we live for and once they finally have those they're like okay I can do this you know they get confident and and they're like okay this is working they they're kind of all in after that and then they they open up for more absolutely you know we're talking about absence of threat and I think about you guys as teachers um I imagine that it's uh, a little bit of a threatening idea to say one of the important parts of our model are field being being theirs and field studies, and uh, thinking about taking thirty to forty kindergartners out on the road somewhere. Uh, I know you always you know obviously want to have good parent involvement there to help with that, but um, what are some of those like? What are what are some things that you guys have gotten to do, but? You know, as you've kind of also embraced that of like, wait, I'm at a school where I actually can go to things like the pumpkin patch or we can go uh, learn about friction at at the ice rink or whatever. As you're kind of thinking through that and hoping to keep yourself out of fight or flight uh, Mm and to go, I don't know that I want to take this many kindergartners with me somewhere. um, What's kind of that process and what are some some of the things that you've really enjoyed in that, Sarah? So the first quarter, we actually had people come to us, which was nice because our kids still got the experience. We had firefighters and we had um, we had one of our parents who is a doctor come talk about the brain. And that was very interesting, interesting. And we had a grandparent who's an author who came and spoke and the kids, they still got the experience without having to leave the campus. And then last week, we actually went to the pumpkin patch. We're studying pumpkin life cycles and we're about to start our habitats and they have the farm animals there and that was a lot of fun and we had incredible parents who came and were chaperones and it was a blast it was a perfect day for it but I'm really excited about one we have coming up so we're going to the zoo and our kids get to see how the habitats are constructed at the zoo to kick off our unit on habitats so I mean, it can be nerve-wracking to think about taking them, but it's so exciting when you get there that I don't think Kayla or I are, are very nervous about it. We're excited. We're excited to learn, too. Yeah. That's that, that's really great. And I know that you guys have some of the best pictures from field studies. You know, I was looking oh, at yeah. your pumpkin patch pictures the other day, and you guys truly looked like you had a blast. We did. I, don't, it was I don't know what it was really like, but it looked, <laughs> the pictures looked great. It was great. It was fun. It was great. Uh, and then stuff like yesterday here on campus doing Pistol Creek Day, having them outside, having them working on uh, what, what all did you guys do? Did you pull privet? We or? did, and I was impressed. My class, I actually texted my husband, and I was like, I have some little landscapers if we ever need <laughs> something. I mean, they were amazing at pulling that privet. They they were strong and carried it so far and they loved it and they made nature bracelets and uh, some of the high schoolers read to our kids and um, they got to illustrate the the creek stories so we had and then there was a scavenger hunt oh nice it was fun 
that day is always a really fun day. It's a really exhausting day uh, for yes. the teachers and, and all the helpers that show up that day to help with, but the students really just brighten up real quickly. You can see it in their face when you drive around, and, and they were having a blast carrying yeah. that privet up to the pile and right. and whatever they were doing when we went by, they were seeming really to be all in. Feel the sense of community that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had told you both that I would start with a kind of like, how did you get to CBA? And then realized that I didn't do that. So um, we'll finish the podcast with that today. Of how did you get here, um, you know, in, in your career? Yeah, so I actually did a tour, I guess I, could, I should say some shadowing here when I was at Maryville College. And I remember even back then, I was like, this is different in the best ways I always would think back and like wow I would like I would love to be there I just loved the community the even just the classrooms and the windows and I just loved everything that I saw um when I first got on I was in public schools and I had a great experience and I um with my first son I stayed home for a couple of years and then whenever I was kind of getting back ready Clayton Bradley was like, I was like, I've got to get in there. So <laughs> I just kind of reached out and the rest was history. I mean, it all just kind of fell into place, but it was definitely, you know, a blessing that I was able to get on here because it's been wonderful. We've enjoyed having you on staff. Thank what about you. you, Sarah? Okay, so I started in county schools as well and also had a great experience. I was there for in Loudoun County for eight years and uh, then I had two babies and stayed home with them for three years and my oldest was ready to start kindergarten so I started looking at the school we were zoned for and some other schools in our area and I just never felt like it was the right fit for us and I actually saw Kayla at a consignment sale and she was like you know we have a kindergarten spot opening up and um, I uh, there's an assistant who works here who told me the same thing and I came and I toured the school I talked to Mary and I was like this is it like I just had such a (laughs) calm feeling and a calm peaceful feeling I'm like this is just an amazing school and well, it's been great. We I've, think that you've been a great addition to well, our staff. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, it, the reason why I do that, too, is because uh, sometimes people just see a new teacher and, you know, they don't know how much experience they maybe have in a classroom or what they're bringing to the table. And, and you know, we always look for the best candidate. And, you know, we, we really feel like that, that we've got a good group of, of teachers here. So thank you both for uh, sitting down and talking about your classrooms and, and a little bit about yourselves. And I really appreciate you guys giving us the time today. Thank Thank you. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work with students to help them excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you would like to find out more about the school, you can visit us on our website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. You can also connect with us through our social media accounts at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We would love to have you come out and tour the school, get to know us a little bit better, and we hope that you have a wonderful day.